What's going on? Welcome back. You know, it's, oh my gosh, the season's done. It's been done. I feel like it's, and I'm actually, like I said, I coming up towards the end of the year, I was actually excited for it to be over. And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not 100%. All last week I was sick and I am getting better. But that said, I will probably still cough throughout this time, this podcast. I was going to do like last year's podcast where it was just an hour long uh, year review. I have a lot. We'll see. We'll see. I plan on maybe doing about a half hour and then maybe the next episode, the second half of the season. I might do it in three parts depending on everything that I want to reach, everything I want to talk to. Um, I'll talk about if you know we can remember situations at the time, the emotions, because as I write this down, I relive this. And it's just so funny how I remember talking about certain points in the podcast as we're at that point in the season. So I can't remember everyone's grade. I do know that Matt was the lowest. I think I gave him a C plus. Um, Austin, I think might've been a B. His only weakness was his receivers. I'm trying to remember all the teams. I do know for a fact that Dino, Nick, Dino was probably B plus, A minus. I want to say he was right on the border. For depth, he was easily an A plus. But overall team, I'm trying to remember if he was B minus, I mean B plus or A minus. Nick, Eric, and myself. Me, Nick and myself were both A's, and I gave Eric's team the highest grade just based on he didn't have the same depth as Nick and Dino. I would put him third or fourth in the league when it came to that kind of depth, but he was definitely up there with starting talent. <coughs> and my team, I don't care what we finished. You saw I started 6-1, and one, that roster with Derrick Henry when I made that trade for Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, who the first half of the year was outstanding. The second half, he and that whole offense in Seattle was terrible. Um, but yeah, they were, my team was an A, but my depth was awful. And we saw that as guys started to go down, trading for McCaffrey, then he went down. Kamara got hurt. Barkley went down. It was probably the greatest running back crew ever on an IR spot. And it was wasted. And I was able to eke my way, you know, fi finishing with three wins the second half of the year just to find a way to squeeze into the playoffs. And yeah, I was the lowest scoring team in round one and I was done, you know, so it, it was fitting a fitting in, but it shows that if you don't have the depth, you know, you better make sure you have some kind of um, incredibly stacked quarterback, something because it can go away so fast with one or two injuries. And you saw the teams that did have COVID or injuries or whoever, you know, if they were missing, you saw most start went out. Eric's team was still able to, sustain he did make a good trade later for Elijah Mitchell but he didn't have to trade much throughout the season we saw uh, Dino and Nick both of them their teams both won their division you know so I do want to say in the past I might have gotten teams wrong such as I did with Matt I did with Austin um, and, and B is not a bad score but by no means did I have Austin contending the way he did doing the quest for 13 which was I got to be honest, one of the most exciting things to talk about every podcast, it was so fun, whether I wanted him to do it or not, was regardless the fact that it was enjoyable to talk about, enjoyable to, to just hope, you know, to see something new every year. And um, <coughs> yeah, so 
as we do as we're starting out the season. I'm trying to just give grades on what I thought. And some of the teams, Jacob's team, uh, I thought was a little better than he finished. He did have some tough losses to start the year, and then he did make some trades as well as Brian. Um, Brian, actually, as we go through it, I do mention him a few times in the fact that he had some really tough losses. You know, he had some, we all get those, but when you get a huge streak of them, I mean, he doesn't pick up his first win until week five. And in three of those weeks, he scored over 180 every time. Only one week did his team really stink. But in all of them, his opponent was always 190 or higher. And it's tough. It's tough to get those. As we see, we'll cover as we go down week to week, some of the teams that would score 199 and lose. And that's, that's even for our league, that should not be normal. This season, it was normal. Honestly, this season it was normal, but that is not the norm in our past uh, previous leagues or years. So that said, I did get uh, the all three division winners were the teams that I ranked a a plus a and a um, I gave my team an a I did make the playoffs. I was able to sustain it long enough. Um, but yeah, it, so when it when we started, if you would have looked at that, we would have said, OK, who are the eight remaining teams fighting for the two two playoff spots if you base it on the grades that I gave. And I at the time, I, I don't think I would have had Matt in there. I would have said, no, not with Matt's receivers. Austin probably because he still had good running backs. He still had decent quarterback play. I would have said, hey, I could see Austin contending, not to the level that he did, where he was basically almost the regular season champ, how good he did. And he made some good trades as well, but he also drafted well to get to that situation. So without any more time wasting, like I said, uh, we'll see how far we get. I only did uh, like some paperwork up to week six. So I only plan on getting that far. If, <coughs> if it ends up getting where everything's just flying, I guess I'll just do by the seat of my pants. That's how I usually do it. It's just, I wanted to write a few notes and try to enjoy the whole situation. So as we get to week one, Start out three teams right off the bat, score 200 points. Now, we had an all-time 10, or I think it was the season before, 2020 season, we had 11 of 12 teams break 2,000 points. That was a first ever. I'd have to double-check right now, which I could, but I'm not going to right now. As we go through, how many teams did that this year? But to start out hot, three teams broke 200 points. Matt's team, as he had a 200 and 21 vic 221 over Jacob 124 and we saw what happened when that went down right we know that's one of the biggest rivalries and you know i remember talking with eric uh recently not recently probably after christmas maybe new year's day or whenever we hung out new year's eve eric i remember uh we talked about you know how do do, do i really just make these divisions up is it you know he was like you know what is it do you actually pick it or do you really do it random like i i proclaim or proclaim like I claim. And I told him, I go, no, it is honestly random. Uh, I've had different styles throughout the years where I might take a one through 12 and then every team's assigned a number. I've taken it where I take, uh, I had Pokemon cards and I just put football cards inside the, not Pokemon cards, the sleeves. And I put football cards all represented by our team. And, you know, maybe the, the guy's name, if it was a Niner and his name was Eric or Steve, that was it. And who the odd man from the other Niner, Jacob, it was just whatever guy was not Eric or Steve's name. Um, so it was just, and then I would shuffle them all up, lay them in sets of four and flip them over. And that was the division. I've always done it like that to where there was 
some kind of pattern to it. Um, but it was, it's always been random. It's never been something I've never chosen the division. I've never said, Hey, you know what? I want to be in that division with Austin and Christian. I want to be, I remember two years ago, 2020, and I ended up having my best year ever 12 and one. I remember I was going against Jacob, Brian, and who's the other one? Was it Jacob, Brian <coughs> and Nick, or was it Austin? I just, I just were going, man, I don't like this division. You know, you had two of the best minds. Brian went on to win the title that year. Jacob was literally uh, less than a point from making the playoffs, and he could have easily won the title as well, seeing how great Alvin Kamara did in the playoffs that year. So I did not want to be in the division that year. What a tough one. that I would never handpick that. So this year it actually came out, and once again, one of the best rivalries in our league, Matt and Jacob, they actually did come out that way. And it's not, uh, you know, I'm not pulling strings. I'm not the Wizard of Oz you know, pulling tricks behind the, the curtain. I am a 100% <coughs> doing it straight up. And we couldn't have asked for a better division. It just didn't work out this year. In the past, these guys have fought tooth and nail all the way to the end of the season where one year uh, Jacob won it, another year Matt won it. And it was setting up for some excitement. And it turns out uh, Matt dominated the game 221 to 124. And Jacob, you know, the, let the trash talk begin. Jacob did point out, hey, you know what, Matt? You're going to get your one win. You're going to soak it in the sun. And before you know it, you'll be out of the playoffs. And because that had happened, you know, since Matt won the title season five, UC five. And what are we in now? UC 11. So it's been a while. He had not made the playoffs. So there was some truth to what Jacob said, but it was too early to just say that it was, it was, it was going to be a one and done or, you know, whatever the case may be. The funny part is as we will break that down more as we get into it, but yeah, Jacob was almost, not to that extent, but almost correct. He was almost proven profitable, profitable, like a profit. <laughs> but big victory for Matt, and he did make some trades right after that. I think he thought, and just on guessing, I think he said, you know what, I got a good team. This Debo Samuel is legit, and I, I knew Debo was good, but after last year with the injury, and not, I mean, there's no way I thought anyone that he would turn out to be an amazing, you know, powerhouse that he was, which almost took Matt to the championship all by himself. But big victory week one for Matt. Another team that scored 200 that week was Dino Dan. So right off the bat, we're seeing two juggernauts in the division, and we're seeing two teams that have fallen to 0-1. Now, Mario scored 180. You know, he could have beat several other teams in the league that week. It was not um, – it's just that Mario, I think, saw right away, hey, I got two teams that are legit, and I know it's just one week, but they were. And if I'm Mario, I might have given it a few more weeks before I pulled, but he did make some trades after week two. And maybe he just said, forget it. I'm 0-2. You know, Dino and Matt were both 2-0. and Even if I do push like Christian did, like Elijah did, they both pushed, both finished with seven wins, and they didn't make the playoffs. Maybe he saw that early on and saying, dude, I can't take these guys down. And I can't fault anyone for that. You know, I never fault anyone for that. Mario does. We will talk about him as he did get three wins. We will talk about his victories later upon the season. Uh, they did not happen. No impact wins the first six weeks of the season. But he does play a spoiler factor later on. So stay tuned for that. Probably next episode. <coughs> but Dino with 211. So he's keeping points right there with Matt, only 10 away from Matt. Gigantic victory for Dino. We saw what went on for Dino. 
what it led to as he had already been one of the favorite teams coming out uh, into the start of the season. But no surprise when he did that. No surprise. Matt's victory was a surprise to me, was a big one. Uh, but I, I, I could easily see Dino winning that game. And then the other guy that scored 200, give you a second, take a guess if you could off the top of your head. I'll say this. He was not a playoff team. Steve. And when he came out with that 200-point game, I thought, you got to be kidding me. Because I did give Steve either a B- minus or a C-plus as well. He was lower on there because he had good players, some talented guys. We all do. We all have talented guys. But his was so attached to the Bucks, And in the past, Steve has drafted – he loves the veterans. Steve loves the veterans. And the veterans have taken him to a championship. It's taken him to the regular season championship. I mean, he's won trophies. He's won awards. He's been to playoffs multiple times. So the vets can get it done. But he's also had the vets, such as Frank Gore, you know, uh, some of those guys in the past do nothing for him, where he doesn't even make the playoffs. Basically, uh, he tried to ride them out, and they just weren't good enough to get it done. And I thought that this could be – Maybe Brady would have a good year, but Gronk was outstanding. Antonio Brown, week one against the Cowboys, and Tom Brady, all just amazing, amazing. And it was basically, wow, if the Bucks do really well, which they did throughout the year, maybe this is a, 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 a team that could help carry Steve as he picked up a big victory over Eric. Remember that back in week one, Eric got the loss, and <coughs> it wasn't so much that he got the loss as Steve dropped 205. It was that... Eric scored 163, and it was not one of the better performances. He had most start get hurt. If you look at it, it would not happen too often like this. Aaron Rodgers, remember that week one loss to the Saints where they had to play in Jacksonville because they couldn't play a game in New Orleans? But I remember watching that game. It I lost week one to Elijah, barely, and Devontae Adams was no help. That that Packer game killed me as well. So if you, I remember saying week one in the podcast, if you had a Packer player, you know, unless you got lucky, I think who had Aaron Jones? Austin didn't at the time. I think Jacob did. And it was like Jacob lost, Eric lost, and I lost. Um, I was the only team to break over 180, though, in that week because of other guys, Derrick Henry and other players. But, yeah, Rodgers only four points. Mostart got hurt. He only had two. Let's see who else. Pitts, seven. And Juju had nine. So it was like. Man, several guys in there. Not that Juju's some world beater. Justin Jefferson, that was uh, – I remember watching that overtime game against the Bengals. He came several plays away from probably having a 25-point game, a couple touchdowns, uh, pass interferences. I remember even putting out in the group text, Eric, sorry, they're getting the PIs. Justin Jefferson and the Bengals were mugging him, setting up first and goal. I think Dalvin Cook might have had a big game. Uh, but, yeah, it was taken away from Jefferson. He couldn't get the yards or the touchdowns. So – it turned out to really hurt Eric in that game because that was not something that we saw too often from him. And he lost that one, and he was like, hey, Tyreek Hill's on the trade block. And we saw Dino. We saw some people making some interesting moves. I'm trying to remember what I even did. I remember I was thinking, should I make a move? And I was like, should I? would I offer Devontae Adams? And I'm like, no. He had a chance to draft Adams, and he took Tyreek Hill, so he's going to stick with that. Maybe he's thinking of draft picks. I can't remember, but I just remember thinking, I hope, hopefully, Eric just, hey, because Tyreek Hill had a great game, 44 points. So there's no reason at the time to think, hey, why would I trade him? You're really, you know, you you still have one of the best teams. I know you lost most start, 
but you still have so much depth. David Montgomery had a really good game. Uh, Tyree Kill still had a really big game. But everything for the best bounced back. As Austin, as we go on to see at the time, these are one of the games that kind of sneak under the radar where you don't think much of it. Austin went on to beat Christian 149 to 122 in one of the lower scoring games of the week. Mario would have beat Austin. Who else would have? Nick, who did get a victory over Brian. Nick won 181 to 178. So the defending champion lost by two. Though that's in three of the first four games, that's how it was for Brian. So, you know, it wasn't anything he did. It was just some bad luck. And it's tough. Brian ended up finishing the season. You know, when you go 0 and 4 and then he finished the season five and five. The second half of the year, he went five hundred. So and that's even with some trades. So hats off to Brian. That's how good of a player and manager he is in fantasy sports. Um, but yeah, little victory there. Nick, big win. Scoring 181 is a big one. He got a win. But Brian and Nick both could have beat Austin. We mentioned so many different people that could have won that, won that week. And at the time, I remember looking at it going, okay, Austin got the victory. How many more are him and Christian going to get? Now, throughout the season in the podcast, even at the halfway point when I did the award show, I did have Christian under the Mysterio Award, which was misleading, uh, illusionist. And it's not that he wasn't, because he did have several games where he broke 190. I I believe he even had a 200-point game. But in a lot of those games, they were also 170. He was catching teams uh, like Austin Week 1, scoring 149. He was not facing the 200-point, 221 from Matt, the 211 from Dino. The 250 from Nick later on in the season. He he wasn't getting those. When he ends up beating, uh, I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. Let's stick with it. But it was still a significant victory at the time, as we would later go on to see the quest for 13. Every little victory wins. So with that, that was week one. No one hit the panic button. As we looked on, I lost to Elijah 194 to 182. I would not lose again until week eight. I believe, when I went heads up with Austin. So sometimes a week one loss does not mean it's the end of the world. And for some, it does. As we saw some teams on here, Steve, a week one win does not mean you're going to go on to do great things, as we'll cover uh, as we continue to go on here. (coughs) Steve, only winning two games all year, and one of them week one against Eric. Isn't that, I mean, just go figure. Go figure week one. If you, if I would have said right now, looking at this roster, and or the, these matchups, and I would have said, you know what, Eric, I know you scored one sixty three and lost two hundred five. You're going to be in the championship, and Nick, you got a two point victory over Brian with one eighty one. You're going to be in the championship. Both of them would, I, I think, would both say, yeah, I could see that. You know, I could see that because I, they were two of the highest graded teams coming out, and they had the depth. And you can't a championship. It's just getting in the playoffs. You know. Just get in the playoffs and you can see what anything can happen, how you can make a run. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I would, if you would have said Steve, Matt, both, you know, dropping 200 points week one, those were two of the biggest shocks week one that they both scored 200. So let's get to week two. Week two, we saw Dino and Matt each win more victories. And that's what I love. I love the early season excitement, the buzz, was you get to some of these undefeated teams as they both started out 2-0. and Dino, 170 to 129. Now we've seen two weeks in a row, Jacob's team failed to score 130. 
And I remember preseason, I liked his team more than Matt's, not more than Dino's, but more than Matt's. And to see him go 0-2 to start was a bit of a shock and disappointment. I think he ended up, after this point, maybe even making um, the trade, put him on the trade block, uh, Alvin Kamara, because it was this week or the following week, I did trade for him. So I can't remember which week it was. Um, but big victory for Dino and Matt. Where's Matt's? 184, right? Both of them came down from the high week before. But 170, we've talked about it. I'll say it till, I'm, um, till the day I die or retire. Usually if you score over 150 to 160, you've got a big 50 cent, 50% chance to win. And both of them, 184 and 170, and they both got victories. Matt with a 184 to 161 victory over Mario as they start out 2-0. and And the early season hype, that is definite early season hype. When you get two teams in the same division, 2-0, and and the other two teams are 0-2, you start to feel like they're going to start pulling away. And they had a big matchup, which we'll talk about next. Week three, they were going heads up, as this is all the first three weeks division week. Another big victory, Austin, 196 to 187 and I remember this was a big one because Steve had such a big lead at one point it was it was so big that I think he was like a 97 to 98 percent chance victory he had it in the bag and what changed is two things one of the biggest was the Buccaneers defense in that game the final was 48 to 25 over the Atlanta Falcons I know this as for a fact because I was watching this game because I had Matt Ryan. And in that game, Matt Ryan, I, brought, I was like, come on. They were getting killed, and then they made a comeback. And in that fourth quarter, right when it started, the Falcons actually made it uh, 25 to 28, like a three-point or one-point game, where I was like, all right, he broke 300 yards. He had three touchdown passes. Man, I was pumped. That's all I could ask for, right, for Matt Ryan. I was totally excited. I'll take that. And then what happens is that – Back-to-back plays right there. The Falcons and Matt Ryan threw pick sixes. Now, it's only one point, minus one point for me for the interception. No biggie. But for Austin, it went from his Bucks having like 19 points to 36 points. Huge jump that was not going to happen. I mean, if the Falcons had scored again or if they had uh, not even given up a pick six, you know, it, if he doesn't give up the pick six back-to-back, he does not get the victory. But that was just the start. That's that's what gave the huge boost because it looked like Steve was going to 2-0. and And I was about to say, man, maybe Steve's team really is. You know, maybe they really are going to be legit. He's got McCaffrey. He's got the Bucks. If they play well, you know, he did have uh, Antonio Brown only had two points that game. But Gronk had 20. Brady had 30. Jimmy G. The Bills defense, 41. So, yeah, it looked like Steve had it in the bag. The Bucks defense brought him back. And – what did it was, as I even said in the group text, I texted out overtime, free football, patent pending for Eric, trademark Eric Johnson, free football. And I was pumped because I ended up beating Nick by just four points, 198 to 194. And I needed every single point from that Derrick Henry game because the, the Titans and Seahawks went to overtime. And I remember right before overtime even started, though, the Seahawks had to drive to try to get the time field goal. And Russell Wilson ended up breaking 300 yards on that drive. Had the Titans not scored, Russell Wilson, he wouldn't have been throwing. He would have been handing off, and they would have just tried to run the clock. Instead, the Titans scored a touchdown. Seahawks had to try to get in field goal range. 
and they did, and it went to overtime. Now, regardless of the overtime, the overtime just made sure there was no, um, what is it? Bonus point. What do we always call it? Stack correction. There we go. I couldn't get think of the word, but that just made sure even if there was a stack correction, Austin was going to win the game as Russell Wilson went on for 31 points, and he did because of that. And it's just it's just a game, right? But it's so key because Austin now goes to 2-0 and after the big win week one against Christian. Now goes to 2-0 and in division and uh, on the season, and Steve drops to 1-1. One and one. And it was a long time before Steve got his next victory. So very tough loss for Steve. You got to wonder, would it have changed? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes when you lose a few, because I do know that Steve, throughout the next few weeks, he did start to lose interest in managing his team. Maybe he saw, you know what, I just, if they do, if my team does great, I will. If not, whatever, I'm not going to follow as much. I did notice there were times where he was not updating his roster. So a loss here and there does change your mind on how, much dedication you put into the, the season. But big victory for Austin. Um, another big game, Elijah, who finishes the season 7-7, seven and seven, but he needed this. He goes to 2-1 and one with a gigantic 219-180 to 180 victory over Brian. As I said, the defending champ is going to fall right here to 0-2, but in both weeks, he has put out outstanding numbers. He would have, let's see, a lot of teams did though that week. He would have beaten Jacob. He would have beaten Dino that week. He would have beaten Christian that week. He would have beaten Eric. He would have beaten Mario. So he would have beaten almost half the league. And sometimes you just have that bad break. And Brian had all the good breaks towards the end of last season when he won the title, and it did not start. It did not carry over. 100% did not carry over. We talked about Matt and Dino's victories. A big one was for Eric as well. As he gets to one and one, this is something he needed because we didn't know what would happen throughout the season as it goes on. But when you're 0 and 1, you don't want to go to 0 and 2. I know teams have done it. I've done it. I've been uh, 0 and 2. I've started 2 and 5. Brian's gone 0 and 4. And still, both of us made playoffs, you know, that both in the same year. So we combined 2 and 9, and we both ended up making playoffs that year. So it can happen. Uh, we ended up both losing. Nobody, we didn't win in the playoffs, the final that year, but it doesn't matter. It was still fun and it's still something you want to do. And this was a big victory for Eric. He really needed to get that. And I don't care if it's 160. I don't care if you score 110. The good thing is about Eric early on in the season, he was totally under the radar because I remember talking about it on the podcast. I remember saying it didn't dawn on me. I knew his team because I had given his team the highest rating at A+. Plus. You know, and I know he lost most start, but still, I had given his team, so maybe maybe take him down to an A, right? Losing the 49ers starting running back was so huge. If most had played healthy all year, I he got Mitchell in the trade, which helped him out, but I really believe uh, Eric might have even had a, maybe net one more victory. I mean, either way, he's the regular season champ. But I think his starting roster was so good. But he didn't start out like that. Back-to-back weeks, he scores, and he has yet to break 180 or even 200. But he's one and one. And in the end, in the draft, he said, I just want to make the playoffs. That's all he wanted. And he did so much more than that. But this is how you just make the playoffs. Grab a victory, 161 to 142. It doesn't feel sexy. It doesn't give you all the confidence in the world. But it feels just as good to get the win. And you enjoy the rest of that Sunday. And then all week, you look at your next matchup and set it up. 
But that was a big victory right there for Eric and a tough loss for Nick. Nick only had a few of them that year, but he loses 198 to 194 to me. Like I mentioned, the Derrick Henry one. It's a trend that starts here throughout the season for Nick. Not throughout the season, but in his losses, man, the guy, this is why he was the President's Trophy. This is why he, you know, entering the playoffs, he's probably one of two guys I would have picked. If I, if you told me Nick or the field, hmm, that's tough. If you say Nick or the field when the playoffs started, I could see Austin. I could, man, I'm, I might've taken the field. I felt so confident about Nick possibly winning how good his offense and his team was looking. Um, but I really did as well with Dinos, even though he lost in the first round to Matt and Matt just went on a tear that first week in the playoffs round one. And I really like Nick's team. And I really like Austin's team. And Austin lost to Nick by one point. He was one point away from beating Nick. And then, you know, Jalen Waddle did it to him on that night. Jalen, he needed every bit of those Jalen Waddle 24 points, whatever they were, because the following week, Austin would have won had he went heads up with Eric, you know. So that's something that's going to have to stick with Austin for the rest of his time, whether he wins five championships, whether he wins nine, it doesn't matter. It'll always be the one that got away just in the fact, but it didn't get away. Like it's not like Austin played the bad guys. You know, that's one thing. Those ones are the worst where you go, man, like Eric, where he thought in the final, Hey, if I had played, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, then he might've won. Well, it turns out Nick scored so much. He wouldn't have won. So it, it, it does make it easier for Eric. Not that it's easy, but it takes the weight off. Uh, of the pressure playing the wrong guys. This didn't happen with Austin. It was a 198 to 199 game. Excellent game. And, oh my gosh, 29 minutes in and I'm still on week two. So we'll see how, how many episodes this is. <coughs> Let me get back to week two because I'm talking about – my point was that Nick's team throughout the season loses these games where he scores so much and he still loses. I think that happened to him more than anyone. So – those were the highlights of week two. Let's jump into week three. Week three, the defending champ, Brian, loses again. This one was a little more uh, bad play by his team. He loses 222 to 123, almost 100 points uh, to my team. Everything went right for me, and everything went wrong for his team that week. But he, honestly, he should have been – he could have easily been looking at being 2-1. and one. And that's one of those losses to where – I've been part of it many times. Most, almost everyone in our league has where you go, you know what? You pack it in early. You see it's over. You let the other guy ha enjoy it, and then you just move on for the next week. We're on to Cincinnati, right, as Bill Belichick famously said. And it was just a tough one. But the defending champ goes to 0-3. Christian picks up his first victory of the season with a 146-116. to As we start to see the, the, the wheels fall off for Steve, he only goes to 0-2, but Brady – had a great game, 43 points. McCaffrey got hurt. I think that was the beginning of the end. He had left Antonio Brown in, who was hurt. Steve didn't change him, but Martinez did nothing, two points. As you look at his bench, Naeem Hines at 18, but no one's going to think that, right? So CeeDee Lamb did not have the good year we expected. Julio Jones did not have a great year at all. So they're, they're, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes in the past, the vets have been great for Steve. If Julio Jones had a great year, and he had played Hines at certain times, I could see Steve still making um, being in contention throughout the year had he not made any trades. 
with Brady, with Gronk, uh, if AJ Brown or Julio Jones had played outstanding. But Julio was bad, too many injuries. Antonio Brown got injured too often and did not play as much as he should have. So those are the reasons I believe when I look at it that <coughs> his team lost. But big victory for Christian. He needed that. He lost Tua. He picked up Brissett. So that that is the first of five in a row for Steve. So as or I mean, I'm sorry for Christian. So that was the start of his high point throughout the year. Um, low scoring game, but we just talked about that with Eric. It did not matter to make playoffs. You need victories, not points scored. Christian got the victory. And as we see throughout the year, as we cover it, as he gets his five game win streak, that was the one thing I remember talking about in the podcast with Christian was that as he's winning the teams, he's beating other than when he does beat Nick, he does beat Matt and Nick two playoff teams. He does get some quality victories. He does. But when he was beating those guys, the problem was he was scoring. They were still scoring a bunch. And then the following weeks when he wasn't playing them, they were out scoring outstanding points and he was still scoring. Okay. He wasn't going to get the tiebreaker. Him and Elijah were both in the same boat. And we saw that it came down to the end with Elijah and Matt that even if Elijah had beaten or no, no, he would have, he would have because he would have uh, had one more victory. But at the end, Matt and Elijah both tied with wins. But because Matt had scored so much points, Elijah missed out on the playoffs. Uh, so that's why sometimes those points, it doesn't matter all the time. But when you do get victories, most of the good playoff teams, they will have weeks where they just go 200, 199 the following week, and then 200. And then you're like, okay, I'm up there with the big boys. I got some points. Now I can come away with a few 140 point victories because I'm not just going to get dominated. I'm not going to be chasing 200 points, uh, which we do see uh, happen to Christian throughout the year. But big victory for Christian. Jacob got his first win of the year, 154 to 150 over Mario. And that was his opportunity as, yeah, I believe he did trade away. Yeah, because he had Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon had one of his best games of the year with only 11 points, but still not a bad performance. And it looked like maybe this was a start for Jacob to turn it around. It did not happen that way as he finished with four victories, but it was still a big one at the time. Hey, if you can get to one and two, we just saw it with Christian and how the rally he went on to go to. And Jacob, unfortunately, was not able to do that. Uh, with some of the players he had. They, it just did not work out for him that year. Let me see. Week three. Dino. Probably the biggest game of the week at that point was you had 2-0 Matt, the surprise of the year, against as well as Austin, 2-0. Or not, oh, no, Austin was – yes, Austin was 2-0 as well. Not as big as a surprise, though. Uh, not in the fact that he was 2-0. It's – Austin's team was not scoring gigantic points yet. He was not dropping 190, 200. He was not the quest for 13 yet. The legend was not born. <laughs> to, you know, uh, while Matt had already dropped 200 twice, and one of them right here, 224 to 157 victory over Dino. When Matt did that, that really put him up there. I, I even remember talking about it going, man, Matt's legit. Okay, Matt was legit, and, and he always was, but I saw better things when this week three victory happened. When you saw Kareem Hunt drop 28, you're like, wow, Stephon Diggs, only 12, but you knew Diggs, remember he traded for Diggs, would turn it around. Brandon Cooks, 26 points, continued to be a weapon for the Texans when I just did not see that happening. Higby, solid performance. Debo Samuel, 
one of his worst games to start the first few weeks, only had 10 points, right? He had 36 week one, 17, and then followed that up by 10. And it was just like, okay, he doesn't need Debo to go off, and he still scored 200. Stafford, 38 points. The Browns defense, 46. Remember when the Browns were actually good as they demolished the, the Bears? Bobby Wagner, 19 points. He's a cutting Bobby Wagner after the following week, which was a bit of a shock. I picked him up. I loved it. Did not change Matt's luck. He was still one of the great teams. Sam Darnold, great game for Dino. Remember him early on in the year for Dino? Sam Darnold started out as one of the top quarterbacks. 20 points, 27, 31, 42. Then it all hit the fan the following week. As he was home against Philly, I thought that would be a big week, and he did not. But, yeah, good things were yet to come still. Week four against Dallas, he's going to drop 42 for Dino. But Dino's team, not bad. Cooper Cup. He is one of the main reasons Dino won that division and made the playoffs as the three seed. Um, but in that week, you know, that's one of those ones you don't want to lose. <coughs> Dino would go on to get revenge late in the season as they would split their season series. But at this point, this was a huge victory for Matt. You always want to get that when both teams are such big juggernauts to start the year as they were, uh, you want to get that first head-to-head -head matchup. It takes pressure off. Now, let's say you guys are tied at the end, or Matt has a one-game lead, and then Dino beats him. Then you're, now you're tied. You're split. One game apiece, and you just got to either, A, have a better division record, or score more points. You know, and you got the tiebreaker. You have that one in the bank to where you're like, if I lose, I'm not swept, right? Talk to Austin about that, which we'll get to in a second in week three, how huge this week was. But, yeah, that was a gigantic one for Matt. But Dino, very fortunately, able to turn it around and come back uh, later in the season. But at this point, he's 2-1. and one. If I'm Dino, I'm still feeling good. Matt was 3-0, and I was feeling outstanding. The, what happens to Matt, I would have not – if I had 100 bucks, I would have bet all of it that Matt's not going to – the road he's about to face, he would not go on. If you would have said, hey, man, he's going to be 3-0, and he is going to lose three straight, I would have said, no way. He's, he's dropped 200 two out of the first three games. He's 3-0. He just beat one of the best teams in the league. No way is he going to lose three straight. I would have bet all 100 bucks on that. So that, that, that was shocking, but big one. And another big victory for, for Nick as he goes 198 to 163. Elijah was 2-1, right? So that was a big one, big victory. Or no, Elijah, I think, wasn't he 2-0? and oh? Yeah, because he beat Brian. He beat me. Yeah, so he started – that was a big one for, for Nick because that, that got Nick to 2-1, and one, Elijah was 2-1, and one, and my team was 2-1 and one, with Brian being 0-3 to start the year. Three-team three, three team race right there coming out right out of the bat. And then the other big victory, Eric, with a 143-130 to 130 victory. And see what I'm saying? Eric's 2-1 and one now. And at the time we talked about it, I said, hey, he's 2-1. and one. He's, He did not lead the podcast. I don't think at any time the first five to six weeks, wrong. There is one game that he is. We'll get to that within the first six weeks. But I don't remember his game ever being the lead game on the podcast. And the fact that it wasn't 200 to 190. It wasn't 2-0 against 2-0. Like Dino and Matt, all the, the hype and drama on that. Uh, he just kind of, yeah, he just kind of flew under the radar to start the season. And little did we know how huge this victory was, 143 to 130 over Austin, because it was the last time Austin would lose, my gosh, for what, for the next 
maybe eight weeks as he was on the quest for 13. Uh, yeah, a lot happens before then, to before we start doing the quest for 13. But at no, no time. You know, coming out, as we mentioned, Austin's team, he scored 160, I think, 140-something, and now 130. Yeah, to start the year, I'm not feeling like – now, Austin made that move to get Aaron Jones, which did help turn his season around. But Austin's team, his receivers, Pittman and uh, Myers, some of the players he had, they made good enough uh, – they were good enough with the draft that we start to see Austin after the move for Aaron Jones. That really put him on a higher level. But I think even without Aaron Jones, Austin still could have probably made the run, close to the run for Quest for 13. He still would have been a playoff team because his roster – the, the main thing is Jonathan Taylor – woke up and the Colts decided to make him Jonathan Taylor that we all know him as now. Cause there was a few games where it just, remember it was just like, man, maybe he is going to be matchup dependent. That's what he was the year before. And now it seemed like uh, he started out slow. Austin's team would totally change after this week, but big victory for Eric. You're two and one after that first tough loss to Steve. And so you got Christian at two and one. Oh, wait, this is week three. now. Christian at one and two, but you had Austin two and one, Eric two and one, Steve and Christian both one and two. <coughs> and yeah, coming out of that first first week, it was tough. In the NFL 2K22, you had Nick, myself, and Elijah all two and one. I would have figured of all of them that it would have probably been uh, Elijah the odd man out, which it turned out to be. You know, he was very quarterback dependent with Kyler Murray and what's his name? Josh Allen. There were times they had bad games and there are times where they had great games. When they had great games, oh my gosh, his team was on like crazy. And when they were off, they were he was really off. But this was oh wait, this was one of the last weeks where it was Eric team, okay, Austin, probably not that good. Cause the following week things just erupt, especially for Austin. So here we go. Week four. Sorry for the long pause. Trying to think what game do I want? Let me, let me read my notes. I was going to start. Okay. Week four. (coughs) Nick, see, I can't even read my own writing. I apologize. (coughs) We're going to get right to the defending champ. Week four, Nick. Scores 201 to 119 victory. As you start to see, he's not the president's trophy leader at this point. Uh, my team is, but he's still right there with me, as well as Matt is as well. But Nick scores 201 to 119 and goes to 3-1. and one, Gigantic victory. As we would see him go on, uh, this was the third straight week that Nick had scored 194 or more or three out of four weeks. So we knew his team was legit. Everything. And and remember, I remember raving about his bench. You could go. It was comical. I mean, I'm going to look right now. Let me see if this week was one of them. Okay. We go over his bench. Mark Andrews on a bench, 11 points. Jalen Waddle not, has not taken off as much six points, but he had Deontay Johnson on his bench, 24 points. Tyler Boyd on his bench, 26 points and Mark Andrews, 11 and you look at it and you go, okay, he's got Damian Harris, only had four. Adam Thielen had seven. I mean, look at that bench, dude. The names, though. The names and what they went on to do. 
I mean, it's just amazing. It's amazing the team he built. It just, yeah, I can't get over how incredible Nick's team was this year as he really was one of the team. You know, I mean, there was a, a great chance Eric could have won. He, the week before, actually the first two weeks, Eric outscored Nick's team. Week one, they both had a bye, but Nick, that's you earned that bye. That was the one of the worst fantasy weeks for any league I've seen. Eric still scored 170. Nick was like 109. The next week, Eric's team was dream dream week, went off for over 200 plus. Uh, Nick and Austin, he outscored both of them in that week, so they're both fortunate to not have to play him. That's another reason why you want the bye week because you don't have to play the top seed in the second round. And then in the third round, In the third round, we saw 212 for Nick, Eric got 174. But if you combined throughout the playoffs uh, both of their points, Eric was the number one scoring team in the playoffs this year through, through all three weeks, even though he had a bye. His team was just complete legit to quit and drop 172, 224, and 174, while Nick got 109. And I know he had a bye, but his team was still set. And he even said himself, man, if I had – didn't have a buy, I'd be gone. You know, look at my team, 114, 148 for Dino, even 162 for Austin. It's like no one in the first round really stood up other than Matt, who just everything went his way. But then the following week, he had 199, and then the last one, he saved the best for last, getting 212. So anyways, back to the week, what is this, week four? Yeah, big victory for Nick as he scores 200, continues to be a dominant team. Eric, finally, finally, he beats Brian. The defending champ drops to 0-4, but he scores 196, and that's what we had been waiting for. i got to check the time. 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to be able to get to it. Maybe I can get to week five. This might have to be a three-part episode. (coughs) So, week four, Eric finally breaks 196, and that's with Gaskins only having .30 points. Terrible, but Montgomery almost 30. Tyreek Hill, 53, the reason he drafted him. JJ, Dynamite Jefferson, 20 points, 22 for Tannehill, 17 for the Niners defense. Outstanding performance, everything he needed. That, that's what Eric needed at that point because, like I had mentioned, he goes to 3-1, and one, but that's the kind of victory where I look at it and I go, hey, he can get it done. This is a real team. Now, I know the, the point is that not everyone's going to do that every week unless you're Nick, right? I think as we go through here, listen to all Nick's victories. I don't think he ever had a victory. I could be wrong, like scoring 150, right? Everything for Nick, I believe for the most part, is 180 to 190 every week. And he, at a, most times he needs it because he really gets a lot of guys' top performances. But with Eric, it was 196. It was like, all right, it wasn't a 160 like he did early in week one. It wasn't a 149 or whatever it was. It was, all right, he just showed that he could beat anyone week to week, and that's what you – and his team wasn't even at its at its best as we broke it down. Less than a point for Gaskins. Kyle Pitts, nine points. We knew the next few weeks Kyle Pitts would go off and have some breakout games. Juju only had three. David only had 13 for the Bucks. And so throughout that game, that's where you're like, man, he's not at his best. Yeah, yeah. He, he, his roster is legit. It's powerful. Like this. So big, one, big victory for Eric as he went to 3-1 and one and was like winning out of division games, which is gigantic because sometimes people think, oh, it's just about the division. You've got to win those outside division games because you have uh, 
more of them actually. We well, used to be six six. Now I believe it's six seven. Oh no no six eight. Yeah, it's six eight. So you you got to win those outside of division games. But big one over defending champ Christian, as we said mentioned, he was. This was what is this week four? Yeah. So this is his second in a uh, five game winning streak. One fifty six to one thirteen. Now. In his second win, once I once again, see what I'm saying? He did not get a 196 like Eric had. This is this is why I, when we mentioned it, he does go on to get a 190 victory. He does score 170 a couple times, but you you got to if you're going to do that, week one's got to be 170. Let's say he lost how he lost the first two games, then he's got to score 170 to 180 like Nick did, like Matt Wood, something like Dino, something like that. Where you know the high scoring, you got to lose high, and then when you win. You got to win some high, and then you can win 156 to 113, right? We mentioned how Eric's team won the regular season. We mentioned how Austin, his first two wins were 160 or less, right? You could do that, but then you need to come up with the big ones, and I didn't see enough of that from Christian, but he still got the victory. He came close. He finished 7-7. Seven and seven. He was tied with Matt, who made the playoffs and grabbed a playoff victory. But if you told me entering, let's say, the last week, and I said, hey, both of them are going to win, and let's let's say hypothetically Christian made the playoffs. Who would you be afraid of that that week one? Would you say, hey, let me play Matt Christian? I think almost everyone would say, let me play Christian. I don't want to touch Matt. You know, he he dropped two hundred multiple points this year, so that's the situation we had with Christian. But still, he gets a two and two, and his name is in the hat now as we talk about wild card playoff teams. This was the week, finally, where we said, is this the real team that Austin is? And here's a funny trend. There is a trend developing. I'm not going to get into it because there's not enough time now in the podcast. I'll talk about it next time. Uh, There is a very funny trend with Nick and Matt, you will see. And this this is kind of the start of it. Uh, Austin with a 209 to 199 victory over Matt. As we break it down, Patrick Mahomes, 35 points, outstanding game. Better than Russell Wilson. Jonathan Taylor, though, 26, right? He had that really big game against Miami. This was his breakout. 100 yards, had a touchdown. Najee Harris, 21 points. Stephon Diggs, big game, 23 points against Houston. The difference was the defense. The Buccaneers' defense had 27. The Chiefs only put up nine. That was the whole thing that was weird. I remember even thinking that week. You have the Browns, Matt. Okay, you got the Browns. And I and I could have swore I talked about this on the podcast. You have the Browns. They just dropped 44. Now, I know they played the Bears, right? The Vikings offense this year had been better. They, they have uh, a better overall offense. They were a better team. They played cl- closer games than some of them. But the Bears did beat the Bengals, and the Bengals did beat the Vikings. So you see a situation where you're like, well, the Browns took it to the Bears. But he played the Chiefs at Philly, and the Chiefs, it's not that they did anything. They gave up 30, but some of it was second-half points, garbage points. I just don't know. I just I remember even now going over it that I, if I was Matt, you can't bench a defense that just got 44 points. They sacked the quarterback so much. I know it was Justin Fields' first game, but he's still a mobile quarterback. You're telling me that that Browns defense can't go sack, get any pressure on the Vikings? And they, they had 21 points. That would have been the that's the difference right there. Had he just kept with his 44 point defense, that helped 
get the victory over Dino Dan the week before, I think he would have won that game. And that would have been outstanding if Austin had lost the game 209. But this was the week where I said, that's it. Uh, just like with Eric's team, you know, it was no more, hey, Dakin and Divin. It was no more illusions. It was not a 142 to 122 victory. It was not, I got a big victory because my team sucked or my opponent sucked. It was, I'm going to kick the crap out of you and you're going to put every effort into it like Matt did with 199 and I'm still going to beat you. And that's what happened there. So gigantic victory in that loss though. Still, I still felt I was looking at Matt's team. That just cemented it for me. I was like, okay, Matt's team is legit. Matt's team is coming for the playoffs. You know, he's he at this time he fell to three and one, but he could have easily been four and zero, right? Is this week five? Week four, yeah, yeah, week four. So he could easily be four and zero, and he's three and one. If I'm Matt, don't hang your head. Just play the Browns. Play. Don't bench your guys that have gotten you where you were. Austin, much props to Austin, turning that team around. And I think he did. He have did he have Aaron Jones yet? No, he did not have Aaron Jones yet. So I, he might have made the move for Aaron Jones after. But outstanding. And then Dino rallies with the victory to actually tie Matt. Right, that was a gigantic two twenty four. And this is what I was saying with Dino. It was just like the teams this year. As we break it down, as you look early, <laughs> it's it. It's tough. It's tough if you look at this. I mean, Dino's three and one. Matt is three and one. Austin is three and one. Eric is three and one. Nick is three and one. My team is three and one. There was there was so many three and one teams, and the teams, the points they were putting up. You know, Nick, just fresh off a two hundred point game. Eric finally stepping in. He was not at the top of points. If you count the second half of the year, Eric's team was probably in the top five in points. From like, if you just count, don't count from like, count from like week five on, he would have probably been top three, top four in points. But if you add the first few weeks where his team, you know, had got some victories, but did not dominate, that's why he was a little lower. His, his team took a little while longer to come to the party when it came to gigantic point scores. Dang it, 54 minutes. I'm not going to be able to finish this. Well, the good news is I started a little earlier, uh, so I was able to get done and not have to be up till 2 in the morning being exhausted. But as I was continuing, the teams were so good. Dino, Matt, and Nick, they impressed me the most at this stage, right? Because every week, Nick's team was one of the highest scoring teams. Matt was one of the highest scoring teams. He should have been 4-0. And he fell to three and one. Austin and Eric, little did we know, would go on to be competing for the regular season title. Both of them outstanding. But we didn't know at that time how good they were going to be, you know. And the fact that at this point I didn't, I wouldn't have said right there. I would have said, you know what, ranking them. If I had a power ranking, I probably would have said Nick one or Matt one, one one a, both of them so good, and then. Dino probably third behind, I want to say, Matt and Nick, or Nick, Matt, vice versa, then Dino there. Uh, and then Austin and Eric both behind myself, even though they both finished ahead of me and both beat me that year. But this was earlier in the year where I had a full roster and 100% healthy. <coughs> That's week four. I mean, look at the teams. Myself, Nick, Eric, 
Matt, and Dino. Six teams were three and one. What's significant about all those? Those are all the six playoff teams. So, no smoke and mirrors. The six best records after four weeks were all three and one. That's that's amazing that we didn't play each other, that that I beat Nick, that Nick beat Elijah to keep him from getting a three and one. But Eric beat Austin and Austin beat Matt and Matt beat Dino. And Dino, who did Dino beat someone else in his first? Well, right there, he beat Elijah to keep Elijah from getting to three and one. That knocked him to two and two. So just the, I just remember, and then I remember after that, I, I want to say it was either the week after, week five, or it could have been week five or six, we all start playing each other, right? And that, I, I do remember in the podcast saying, hey, we're, no, we're not going to all pull away. We're not all going to be, hey, we're all going to be six and one. It's not phys- mathematically possible. Now we're going to start the first month. We saw the six top teams come to the top. All three and one, and now we're all going to start beating each other up. And you did see Christian go on to get a couple of victories and make a big name for himself in those winning streaks, uh, in the five-game winning streak. So that was the start, and I just think it is funny that the first six teams that were all three and one, and for the most part, four out of the six were the higher-scoring teams. Uh, Austin and Eric ended up catching up later. All were playoff teams coming into the season. I don't think we've seen that too often. In the past, we've seen it to where a couple teams ca- catch up the second half of the year. They kind of pull a surprise, come out of nowhere, um, or really don't score points and kind of sneak in without the point, you know. So this this was uh, refreshing to see just six teams really kicking each other's or everyone else's butt to start the year and before they start fighting each other. So I'm going to end it right there because there's only about three minutes left. and this is a good start. You know, I still have some notes written for week five and week six. We'll see if I, uh, I'll probably write some more notes. Although I didn't really, I think a lot of times with my notes, I write them so that they're already attached to memory. And then I just look at the phone and I just go through it and speak off the top of my mind. And then I'll go to them if I need them. But as I look at these, yeah, everything that I talked about in week four, Eric now had three straight wins. Um, and I did mention, yeah, Eric, at that time, that was the first victory where he actually scored a lot of points where it kind of said, hey, his team is performing finally like we thought. You know, he's not going to get a bunch of 160 victories and try to sneak into the playoffs. He's going to actually break the door down and say, I'm here, you know, knock, knock, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that is it. We'll cover – we'll see what I get done. Um, I'll probably pick up the pace a little, uh, but it's hard not to. There's some really big games. As Like I said, we're all going to start beating each other up. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy the year in review. I'll be doing this. And then I might be doing a whole new type of podcast that you guys might help me get off the ground. We'll see if I ever make it anything of it. Uh, or I might just say, no, I don't have time. If I do have time, I really do. There's something I've been wanting to, to, to get going for a while. We'll see if it ever does get going. Um, but if I do, you'll be the first to know. All right. So have a great day. Uh, I didn't even talk about real football. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's only a minute. I don't have time. Everything. I can't even, the only good, there was only a few good games and man, that Niner Cowboy game, what a crazy ending. So have a great day guys. Uh, Enjoy your Wednesday and I will, you will hear from me Thursday morning with continuing our year in review 2021. Talk to you guys later. Peace.